0: Good morning, everyone. So we are going to look at John 9. I I did look at it as part of a message before, but I want to go into a little bit more detail this time. So John chapter 9 is what we're going to look at today. Okay, John chapter 9. We're going to read the whole chapter. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when... No work can be done. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shilom, which is translated send. So he went and washed and came back seeing... Therefore the neighbours and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said that, he, that it is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Shilom and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who f- formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do, you say about, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes, he said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight, and did they called the parents of him who had received his sight, and they asked them, saying, Is this your son who say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age asking. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvellous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not, of, not from God... You could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin." But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. I titled today's message, From Darkness to the Light of the World. Now I just want to recap on a couple of studies I did before. We have previously looked at light and darkness, and tomorrow it will be one year since we did the first study on uh, first study titled Dark Places of God, Part 1 a study about darkness and light time has really flown by I don't know I, didn't, I thought it was like 3-4 uh, months ago but it was a year ago uh, so finally we go to Part 3 and I did cover some of this uh, in my second talk but I want to go into a little bit more detail this time so just to recap what we did before now we looked at, and we saw that in the Bible there are different kinds of darkness mentioned. The word "dark" and "darkness" is used, as well as the term, as well as the terms "thick darkness" and "outer darkness." Outer darkness we saw was a place that we don't want anyone to end up in. And it's a place of weeping and gnashing of te- teeth, and eternal death. Now, dark, the Bible talks about darkness as well as light, from a literal as well as a figurative sense, both and both physical and spiritual. And not all darkness is bad. In fact, certain types of certain types of darkness is good for us. And we looked at sleep, for example, and how even a little bit of light when we are sleeping can affect our sleep and affect our brain. In in fact. Uh, so, you, so in some ways, you, you know, um, you, you know, darkness. Some kinds of darkness is good for us, but we have to have the right understanding of darkness. And you know, Genesis one thirty one says, "Then God saw everything that He had made, and it was very good." And also, Isaiah forty five sixty seven say, says that. They may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light, and I create darkness. I make peace, and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Some people think, you know, all darkness is bad, but important that we get the right understanding, you know, of when, you know, darkness is portrayed in a bad way, that we get a right understanding of it. And also the right understanding of light as well. We need to have the right understanding of light. So or going on to you know the passage that we read, John chapter 9. Now, what we are really going to concentrate on is this declaration that Jesus made that he is the light of the world. Now, he first made that declaration in John chapter 8, verse 12. So one chapter before, when... Uh, the woman caught in adultery was brought before Jesus and and you know he, where he said you know he who has the first stone or who, he, he who has no sin cast the first stone and then he goes on and he says in chapter 8 or verse 12 Je- then Jesus spoke to them again saying I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Now, as I said, I went through some of the points of this scripture, that is chapter 9, in my last message on Dark Places of God, part 2. Uh, but I'd like to go through it in a lot more detail this time. So let's go in, going through the passage. An amazing, very important miracle has been done by Jesus in this chapter and it's one of the most, you know, one, to me, one of the most amazing things that Jesus did, you know, in, in miraculous ways, you know, like feeding of the 5,000, you know, healing somebody who is born blind. Now, there should have been all excitement about what Jesus did here, but it turns from, you know, among the peace it turns from astonishment and intrigue to skepticism and ultimately to rejection of Jesus. Uh, we see in this passage, and to really understand why, we need to look at John three twenty to twenty one, and this may give us a clue of why this happened. And John three nineteen to twenty one says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So here in verse nineteen we see the true nature of man. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And also, you know, to back that up we have a look at Jeremiah seventeen nine 17, verse 9, which shows you the reason why that is so. Jeremiah 17, verse, verses 9 to 10. The heart is deceitful about all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, I always look at the story of Lot and try to learn a lesson from it. Genesis thirteen, ten to thirteen, it's been you know very important for me in learning Genesis, Sorry. Genesis thirteen verses ten to thirteen, uh, and he's it's, it's taught me a lot of things. You know how we should, you know, when we when we want to do things, you know how we should search the Lord. Uh, now the law here in verse ten to thirteen m- makes a. Mistake because of what he had seen before him. And verse 10 to 13 says, And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered, well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as he go towards Soar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Now, Lot saw the green and pleasant lands before him and he took that, and he took what was pleasing to his eyes and, and we know where that ended up, where, you know, eventually God had to rescue him Uh, from that place now we need the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened by Jesus to see clearly to make the right decisions in our life now our main reading talks about a man who was quite literally went from darkness to light but more importantly he had the eyes of his understanding opened so let's go through the different sections of the passage verses 1 to 3 now Jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying Rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of God should be revealed in him now We do know that sin has consequences and ultimately sin leads to death and eternal separation from God. You know, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is consequences to sin. But, you know, God does not deal with us, you know, and according to our sins all the time you know psalm 103 verse 10 says he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities in this case in this man jesus says it wasn't his sin or the parents sin that caused him to be blind now you know to me how can even a an unborn child be sinful anyway um, that he should be made blind and paid for sin that you know I can't see that he could have committed before he was born. So, so Jesus makes that very clear in this passage that it wasn't his or his parents' sin that he was made blind, but it was there for an important re- reason as we will find out later on in this chapter. And Jesus himself says that neither this man... But the works of God should be revealed in him. That was the reason, you know, that this man was born blind. Um, now, verse 4 and 5 says, I must work the works of him who send me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I must work the works of him who send me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. There is coming a time when the world will be in utter darkness. And, and I believe this is what Jesus is talking about when he says the night is coming when no one can work. I believe this happens during the time of the Great Tribulation, when the Holy Spirit is taken away and utter chaos breaks out in the world. But in the meantime, Jesus has work to do. And that work is to do the will of him who sent him and to finish his work you know, John 4.34 says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. He had a, there was a purpose for Jesus' coming, and his purpose and, was to do the work of his Father and to fulfill uh, the reason for he, for he came into the world. Now, verse as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As I said earlier, title for today's talk is "From Darkness to the Light of the World." You know, why not? You know you may ask why not just from darkness to light. Now, let's have a look at how you know, John uh, talks about the beginning of uh, Jesus' ministry in John one, verses sixty nine. John chapter 1, verse 69. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness to that light. Thou was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, if Jesus here is referred to as the true light... So it stands to reason that there must also be a false light. Yeah. Now Lucifer is called the light-bearer and in the Latin the word meaning of the word Lucifer is light-bringing. Now 2 Corinthians 11:14 says and no wonder for Satan himself transforms transforms himself into an angel of light. And in 2 Corinthians to 4 3-4, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is weighed to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We come, must come to Jesus, the true light. The world is going towards the false light. We must come to the true light, which is Jesus Christ. Only by coming to the light of the world can we escape darkness and blindness now verse 6 talks about what jesus did to heal heal this blind man verse 6 says when he had said these things he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay now we see a re- recreative miracle now, just like in the original creation of man, where God formed man from the dust of the earth, Jesus makes clay using earth and his saliva. Now, we are told we are created in the image of God in verse, uh, chapter, one, uh, chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I often wondered why saliva, was there no water? I mean, really puzzled me for, 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 you know, for ages and ages. Now, there is some important things about saliva. Saliva contains the entire genetic blueprint of man. Okay, our saliva, and in fact, one eye drop... or or half of an eyedropper of uh, eyedropper worth of saliva can give you your full DNA, okay? So that is what Jesus used. That saliva is what Jesus used to recreate the eye of this blind man who was born from birth. Now, there seems to be some kind of a parallel here between man being created in the image of God and the DNA in the spit, and I believe Jesus is pointing back to the garden saying that was it was him in the garden who had created man you know he's pointing back back to the garden and and in, and in fact, you know what an incredible eye this must have been to have the DNA of the Lord jesus in him his new eye would have been better than you know, what we could imagine. No wonder, you know, as we go on to read how, you know, how he just, his life is completely transformed. Now, verse 7. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sin. So he went and washed and came back seeking. Now, it reminds me of the story of Naaman and how he was healed of leprosy in 2 kings verse chapter 5 verse 10 and elisha sent a message to him saying go wash in the jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean now naaman was not happy when he was told this he complained about all sorts of things that you know elisha didn't even come and meet with him for one and the other thing was you know he was a syrian and and To him, the rubbers in Syria were much better than the rubbers in Israel. So he, he, you know, he made all sorts of excuses. But he suddenly, finally, comes to his senses when when his close allies or friends tell him, you know, why didn't he just, you know, why didn't he just do what you're told? And you know, and in this case here, the man just listened to what Jesus was told him to do. He had, you know, he had no questions, and. he obviously must have heard about Jesus before. And, uh, but he, and he had no doubts in him. He went and washed himself and, you know, obeyed what the Lord had commanded him to do. And the man was obedient without even doubting, washed himself, and he was healed on the spot. Now, verse 8 to 12, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said that it is he. Others said he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Shalom and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Now, first of all, there is disbelief. How can this be possible? This thing has never been seen. There's also intrigue. People want to know. You know, how did it happen? You know, who did it? And uh, you know, the, his immediate neighbors. You know, are really you know look like they're thrilled of because of this incredible thing that has happened, and they can, can't believe their eyes. Now, and it is normal to see. You know, it is not normal for to see somebody who born blind to be to be able to see again now now we don't actually see the man being excited about what has happened right away and you know all the excitement is with his neighbors but but then we do see later on especially as he defends Jesus uh, later on in the, in this chapter now verse 13 to 16 now, in all the excitement, the neighbors decide to take him to the religious leaders. So verse 13 says, They brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now, it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I wash and I see. There was, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. Now, when Jesus healed, he often told them to go to the priest, to have them examined, to confirm that they had indeed been healed. This time, Jesus didn't tell him to go to the priest. But the people decided to take him anyway. Although this should have been a cause for much celebration, celebration and excitement, but what happens next really shows the wickedness of man, and especially with what happened with the religious leaders. Now, man receives this sight, but somehow it looks like the religious leaders having none of it. They don't want to believe what has happened, so they bought the man who was formerly blind. To, the, some, to people who were spiritually blind to be assessed. Now, it doesn't matter to religious people that a good thing was done. One of the man-made rules regarding the Sabbath was broken, even though we read in Mark twenty twenty-seven, and Tom mentioned this last week, that the Sabbath was made for man and man, not man for the Sabbath. One of the pet rules had been broken. It was actually that, you know, you weren't supposed to do any work. It was a rabbinic law, and it wasn't one of the laws of Moses, as far as, I can, as far as I can tell. Now, but they have no problem at all, you know, and Jesus, you know, talks about this in one of the other passages. They have no problem with when David went into the temple and ate from the showbread, which was only for the priest to eat. They had no problem with that, but they had a problem with Jesus. Breaking off the rabbinic law, they had a problem with. And also, you know, when Jesus was walking through the wheat fields, when they picked, you know, wheat on, on the Sabbath, they had a problem with that. And and this truly shows the blindness of people and uh, and, and the darkness of their hearts. And, uh, and, you know, it's no different today. Now, this man is, you know, a, a really encouragement. I, you know, He doesn't even know Jesus. But, you know, look at the way you defend him, you know, in the following, the following verses. Verse 18, 17 and 18 says, They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. The religious realists the re- religious leaders really don't want to believe what has happened. They don't want to believe that he was born blind and that he had been healed. Now, there were consequences to something like this happening. And, and and they really didn't want those consequences to be so, and, and as we will read, fi- as we read on, we'll find out what those consequences were. Now, now they then they use the fear fear tactics, and the threat of excommunication in verse nineteen to twenty three. Verse nineteen to twenty three says, and they ask them saying, "Is your son whose who's." who's who you say was born blind, how then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But, what, by, but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they fear the Jews. But the Jews had agreed already that, the anyone, that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. They passed the buck. and They don't want to take responsibility. Now, the real fear here, here is for the, for the religious people, is that uh, the religious leaders, is that they, may, they are worried that Jesus might be the Messiah. And that's what he's talking here that if anyone confessed that he was crying, that's their real worry here. That's the problem they have. Now, although the parents confirmed that their son was born blind, the parents are more worried about being put out of the synagogue rather than sticking up for their son. Now, I know churches today who that will excommunicate people for taking baptism, for example, or at least they would threaten to do so. Now, now these kind of... Actions and several other instances like this led Jesus to uh, make a proclamation uh, or pronouncements against the the leaders, especially the Pharisees and the and the Sadducees. Uh, called the woes, you know. We read about those in Matthew 23. We don't we don't need to turn turn them. Matthew 23, 1 to 139. Luke 11, 37 to 54. Mark twelve thirty five to forty, and also on the scribes, Luke twenty forty five to forty seven. I'll read just one verse of that. Matthew twenty three thirteen, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of he- heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor you nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. And this is what they were doing. They, you know. This was like a club, private club. And, and Jesus was not part of that private club. and God had rejected them because of their disobedience to, to, to the Lord. And, 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 and it's incredible that, you know, that we do know, you know, when they say, we do know who this man is, they should have known who this man is. Because the Bible speaks about him right the way through the Old Testament. They should have known who this man was there were so many prophecies about him and what he was going to do but they missed they missed the mark in verse 24 to 27 so they again called the man who was blind and said to him give God the glory we know that this man is a sinner he answered and said whether he is a sinner or not I do not know one thing I know that though I was blind, and now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he you open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Now these people, hard of hearing. These people have become hard of hearing. I love the way this man responds. You see the real excitement in the man here when he's... Dialoguing with them. You know, born blind from birth. You, you, you can imagine the mental state this man would have been in. Can't do anything on his own. And, you know, just sitting in the corner when Jesus found him. And is and there. And he doesn't even know the man that he is defending. And he's defending him so vehemently, so strongly. And, and even has the nerve to make fun of the people that are uh, you know, that, that are interrogating him. Thank you. Um, now, these men who are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they were always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's blind leading the blind. That's what these people were. Now we come to the crux of the matter in verse thirty-two, where it says here, Since the War began, it has been unheard that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Now this I believe is the main problem that the religious leaders have with this whole incident. Since the war began, it has been unheard, unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Now, Jesus had already healed, blind, healed the blind before. In fact, there are about six cases in, 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 in the Bible where Jesus healed the blind. Now, two of them are in Matthew nine twenty seven to 31. Matthew 9, to 31. When Jesus departed from there, two blind following, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But, they, they de- but when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Now they would have already heard, the religious leaders would have already heard about the many miracles that were performed by Jesus. But there was something that really challenged the religious leaders. Now especially what he was doing parallel with Isaiah had prophesied in Isaiah 35. 35 verses 1 to 5. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and bl- blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are faithful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, but they recompense a God. He will come and save you. And verse 5 is critical here. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And these, all these things Jesus is doing in their midst. And Isaiah 42, verses 67 I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, talking about the Messiah and will hold your hand, I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Giving sight to the blind, especially one born blind, had never been done before. This is said to be one of the three messianic signs to identify the Messiah. The others being healing a leper, Jesus did that in; uh, in uh, it's recorded in Matthew eight one to four, and and a man possessed by a mute demon, which is recorded in Matthew twelve twenty two to twenty seven. Now, the fact that Jesus did all three miracles made him to be a candidate for the Messiah. And this is really what threatened the religious leaders. They were worried about the possibility that Jesus may well be the promised Messiah. They weren't willing to accept that. And this is the willing, willful blindness on their part. When John the Baptist wanted to know for sure that Jesus was indeed the Christ, Jesus gave as evidence the following um, the following signs, you know, to verify, you know, to show to him that he was the one that in the coming one. And in Matthew eleven, two to five, this is what Jesus told John's disciples. And when John heard John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. All of these things Jesus did. All of these things, and and the religious leaders didn't like it. They were trembling that could this could this really be the Messiah? Now, the religious leaders had utterly failed to follow God's laws and statutes. And that is the reason that they were in this state completely blind. They couldn't see the Messiah standing in front of them. Now, verse 33 to 34, they go even further here. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. You know, being cast out of the temple was a very bad thing. I mean, you know, temple for them was everything for them, really. And being cast out of the temple... Now, I like the passion with which the man defends Jesus, even though it doesn't even know him. Not yet, anyway. Not properly. Now, you also see the error of the Pharisees teaching when they tell the man, you were completely born in sins. Whereas Jesus was asked by the disciples right at the beginning of the passage in verse 2 and 3, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents? That he was born blind Jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. they assumed and condemned the man that it was because of his sin that had made him blind they were so they had so much pride and arrogance in them that they were the holy ones yes. they were the chosen ones you know the, you know all you know what they said was like gospel, and they condemned this man and threw him out of the temple. And they cast him out, it says. At the end of verse 34, they cast him out of the temple. And John 16, verse 2, and they put him out of the synagogues, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you think, will think that he offers, he, he offers God's service. Time is coming, and, and, and the disciples also face this, that whoever kills you will think that they offer God's service. And this was the attitude of people. And Paul was like one of those people. And I love the story of his conversion. And I identify a lot with this, con- one particular part of his conversion. Now, Paul had to be shown his blindness. He was zealous for the Lord, okay, before, before his road to Damascus experience. He was zealous for God. And he did things that he thought was right in the sight of the Lord, but obviously they were wrong. And and the thing that happened was he was thrown off his horse, and he saw great light, and then something like scales came upon his eyes, and, and then and you see later on they fall off. And you know, I really, I do identify. You know, me when I was growing up, when I was a young child, uh, you know, I can remember probably going back to six, seven years old. I was so interested in the in the word reading the Bible, you know, daily. And he, in fact, as, as I grew older, you know, uh, I used to share a bed with my brother and I used to hide a Bible under my, uh, under my blanket and read the Bible, you know. I didn't really want him to see it. And uh, I was so zealous for it. But when I was born again, when I was born again, it felt like scales had fallen from my eyes. You know, even though I had been reading, I, I didn't fully understand Jesus had to open my eyes to truly see, who, see Jesus for who he truly is. And here Paul had that same experience. And this is what the religious leaders were lacking in their lives. They truly were blind to who Jesus was. Now 35 to 38, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of god he answered and said who is he lord that i may believe in him and jesus said to him you have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you then he said lord i believe and he worshipped him and this is the point we need to get to we were in darkness and not only that you know we read in ephesians 5 8 for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, walk as children of light. We were once darkness, not just in darkness, we were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, walk as children of the light. Now we are all like God, we were all like sheep that had gone astray, sheep without a shepherd. and more more we see today hirelings. And not shepherds, blind leading the blind. Evermore, many are abandoning the wellspring of living water and going after cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, the man was once blind, but now he sees. More importantly, his spiritual eyes were opened. Where he had a revelation of the Christ, the light of the world. His life was transformed by an encounter with Jesus. He he went from a point of helplessness to hope and confidence in the Lord that eventually leads him to worship. Not only did he have his eyes open to see the world around him, he had his spiritual eyes open to see the truth of the gospel. I'm encouraged by the fact that Jesus just didn't leave him at the point where he's where we received his sight and then was cast out of the synagogue. Jesus finds him, comes alongside him and guides him along just as he does with us. Now, verse 39 to 41. And Jesus said, For judgment I come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Now the blindness of the Pharisees led to severe consequences. No wonder Israel lost its way. They rejected their Messiah. They missed the time of their visitation, as we read in Luke nineteen forty four. Now, Jesus pronounced several woes on them, as we mentioned, as I mentioned before. And the temple is destroyed; they are scattered to all corners of the world. Now, if only they had humbled themselves and listened to Jesus, the eyes of their understanding would have been enlightened. Ephesians 1.18 says. The eyes, if we understand Him being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory in His inheritance in the saints. When we come to Him, we we will have uh, the eyes of our understanding enlightened, and this is what they were lacking. Now, as we conclude, we began this study on darkness and light by looking at the electromagnetic spectrum I don't know if any of you remember that how human eye can only see things that are part of the visible light part of the spectrum man has made many advancements to help him see things that are that our bare eyes cannot see he has been able to invent instruments to see objects that are outside of the visible spectrum for example we can see through to the inside of our body, look into this space and see all sorts of incredible things using specialist equipment. However, our spiritual eyes work on a completely different spectrum. No man is able to make an instrument that is able to enable us to see the spiritual matters clearly. The only instrument that is able to illuminate, spiritually discern things is to have the light of the world shine upon it. And in concluding, the world is a dark place because of the fall. Jesus came to give us light, and he is the light. He is the light of the world. Jesus said that we are salt of the earth and also light of the world. When we are in him, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world you know he identifies with us so what are we to do in romans 13 11 to 14 he talks about putting on christ and and do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed the night is fast spent the day is at hand Therefore, let us cast off the work of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, nor in the revelry and drunkenness, nor in lewness and lust, nor in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill his lusts. Going back to John 8, G- John 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. May Jesus the light that leads the way in your life. We need to put him on. Come into his presence, and in him we will have light.